On podcast 1861, Tesla Energy is coming to the UK. Ford sees their extreme Mac E and VW face some EV demand issues. Stick around, I'll tell you more. Also on the show today, we'll look at China sales, France EV sales, and some new regulation here in Europe that will, I think, really clean up the reputation that some people have around EV batteries. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for Wednesday, 12th of July. My name is Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. Well, head, uh, take a look, first of all, at this story about Tesla Energy, or Tesla Electric, really, is a subsidiary of Tesla that supplies electricity to households with Tesla products, and they will expand into the UK market. Tesla posted a job ad seeking the new head of operations to oversee their UK entry. Now, let me clarify here. You may know that Tesla Energy Plan, the TEP, exists on Octopus Energy, has done for many years, and that's been a way of gathering data, I think, about behaviour and and how people use their batteries and how people charge their cars. Now it seems that Tesla is coming out from underneath the wing of Octopus and have applied for a retailer's licence. They've always had a not always, since 2020, Tesla have had a generation licence. This is a retail licence. I'll explain in a moment. The objective is to facilitate the transition of everyone moving towards some sort of either generation or stored energy or change of behaviour so they charge their cars overnight. Tesla will assist customers who initially, I think, they'll only have customers to begin with if you've either got a Powerwall or a Tesla vehicle perhaps solar panels as well, and that'll help uh, in them getting off the ground to store electricity when it's cheapest and sell it back to the grid when prices are high. This strategy helps households avoid peak market prices, and I do exactly the same thing. I tend to charge my battery in the winter overnight, and in the summer, like now, I charge the battery from solar panels. But I don't sell back to the grid. Now, I've got that option with Solar Edge. I don't have a Tesla product, but I guess I could do, maybe with something like one of the Octopus products. Um, I just don't have enough energy left at the end of the day to sell back. But I certainly do time shift everything. So in the winter, we do all of our washing and car charging overnight. In the summer, we do it all during the day. And it's great having a battery as a little bit of a buffer there as well. Now, Tesla entered the market here in Great Britain three years ago when they applied to our energy regulators to be a generator, an electricity generator. So that allowed them to use their batteries under the octopus umbrella, as it were, and to start doing that. Now it seems that they are coming out in full force, and rather than getting your electricity through, you know, Octopus, EDF, etc., you would get it directly from Tesla. Uh, This license means that they could have customers pay them. Tesla would be the energy provider uh, and create a virtual power plant. Now, it's available in Texas at the moment and it will expand to the UK market. No start date yet. They haven't even employed their first person, the head of operations. No idea. Could be six months, could be a year away, could be never away if it doesn't end up happening. But that's massively exciting. I think for a lot of people who love the Tesla brand, um, this could bring some innovation to the market as well. But also, I think people will jump to it simply because there's so many people out there who will do whatever Elon Musk does. So they've got the home battery, they've got the car, they like the brand, they like Elon. And you know, even if it were more expensive, maybe they'd still do it and still jump to it just because they like supporting the company and, uh, and you know, and, and that brand. So uh, there'll be plenty of other people who would be attracted to perhaps something that saves them some money or is just working with them as a EV driver and a solar owner, battery owner, etc. So we'll watch this space. That's really, really exciting, actually.
Now, let's talk a little bit about one of the great car companies that started up, but is so far just struggling a little bit, and that's Lucid. They d- delivered in Q2, so the, the, the second three months of the year, they delivered 1,404 of its air sedans. Now, I mentioned this uh, on the podcast recently, looking at their numbers, and Lucid produced... 2,173 airs in the same period. So they're they're making more than they are delivering by a significant margin. The stock has dropped about 60% in the last year because of growing concerns about the demand for the uh, Lucid Air. Despite having over 28,000 reservations at launch, they only plan to produce 10,000 to 14,000 over the entire year in 2023. Back in March, they reduced their workforce by 18%. And recently, they did strike that deal with Aston Martin to supply them with EV powertrains, batteries and related technology in exchange for uh, 3%, 3.7% stake of Aston and a $232 million payment. They are both owned by the Saudi Investment Fund. Uh, Lucid expects to produce uh, enough cars and has enough cash to continue their operations until, they say, the second quarter of next year. But I don't think they'll run out of money because of their backers having very deep pockets. But there's something about Lucid that hasn't, for some reason, captured the imaginations of uh, buyers, even though the technology is very good. Sure, teething problems, they're getting their software sorted, as all new car companies do have these issues. But for some reason, there's just something about the Lucids in a, in a way that you know perhaps Rivian and certainly Tesla have done to create fan bases, perhaps a little bit cultish. I'll say that around, you know, there's plenty of cult members in the Elon fan club, but that has worked well for them over the years. Um, but mm, te- Lucid's not that kind of company, though, and, and the CEO, Peter Rawlinson, is not that kind of person. But they've got to do something because the tech's good, but doesn't seem to be cutting through with people. Okay, moving on. And there's a record market share for EVs in France last month in June. A new high of 26.9% market share for EVs, up from 20% the previous year. Best-selling pure EVs last month in June were the Model Y, followed by the Model 3, and then the Fiat 500, MG4, and Dacia Spring. Oh, we don't get the Dacia Spring here. We will do soon. A very cheap little EV. Uh, the combined market share of petrol and diesels hit a new record low, way below 50%. It's like 45% now. Combined, everything combustion. It's amazing. So this week, we'll see the Goodwood Festival of Speed and various vehicles going up the hill. One of those will be the all-electric Audi Quattro, the Hoonitron, driven by the late Ken Block. It'll be showcased, uh, but driven uh, by the Le Mans winner, Tom Christiansen. The Hoonitron has way more power than he ever drove in an LMP1 car uh, at uh, at Le Mans. Over 1,400 PS going to all four wheels, two electric motors, and they're also showing off their rally vehicle as well, the RSQ e-tron, uses the Formula E electric motors. Has a little um, generator engine, a four-cylinder turbo generator um, as a range extender, and that's what they've been using in their rally uh, stages. Ford is also setting up at Goodwood with a, a, an extreme version of the Mustang Mach-E, the Electric Pony. A teaser video has been released of their new high-performance Electric Mustang Mach-E, unveiled at Goodwood this week. The video hints at maybe some off-road adventuring in the Mustang Mach-E. It will be a high-performance version of what we have at the moment. Ford also working on a high-performance version of the F-150 Lightning, their pickup. We think it'll be called the Flash. And uh, you can see all of that from Thursday onwards at Goodwood.
Now, other end of the scale, and the Dacia Sandero is going to be an affordable EV hatch in 2027 onwards. The fourth generation Dacia Sandero will be reinvented as a rugged, electric super mini that's very affordable it's already one of europe's most popular cars in combustion form the new sandero for 2027 will be a flag bearer for their low-cost route into zero emission motoring and it'll be their version of the renault 5 but focusing a lot more on utility and practicality to be affordable it'll have a shorter range longer charge times less sexy technology than its rivals but they're also, they're also talking about having a look at battery chemistries perhaps maybe sodium based batteries that again don't store as much energy at the moment technology is improving but at far far cheaper so i i love to see it right because it's all about use case and where so many people the newspapers uh, it's a battle that we are fighting. That the, I know that I, I say it all the time. Maybe you say this to friends and colleagues. It's use case. It's use case. My 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 Hyundai Kona would be terrible at doing the bin collection route. Right for that, you need a bin lorry or garbage lorry. For that. You need a bin lorry that can pick up bins and can tip all of your uh, recycling or rubbish in the back. And when it's full, take it back to the depot or recycle it. Like My car would be terrible at that because it's a use case. I know I'm picking a silly example, by the way. I'm just just doing that. Uh, but, uh, but, this, but why do all EVs have to go 500 miles and be 800 volts and charge really quickly? And uh, They don't. They, uh, they, they absolutely don't. And it's unfortunate that everything gets compared to the best in the market. That doesn't happen in combustion world. Use case. Brilliant. Bring us the Dacia Sandero that's 150 miles and charges slowly, uh, but is really cheap. That would be fantastic. And I do understand. I'm not so stupid that I don't understand the comparison that, yes, if you compare that to a so seven or eight thousand pound combustion car that's new, like a little VW, you know, up or something. Yes, you can stop every 200 miles with its little fuel tank and fill it up with more petrol. I know that. And yes, it's quick to fill up with petrol, but still, use case. Now, let's talk a little bit about the electric Fiat 500. Another one of those small city cars, a little bit pricey, but you do get a lovely car. We looked at one, um, didn't end up buying it, but we looked at the uh, the convertible one. I think the La Primima version, which is what it was. It was beautiful, beautiful, but very... Um, particular small i mean you know okay for my wife and my little one doing doing chores but that's a lot of money to spend for an occasional car um fiat has reported a big increase in inquiries about their all-electric fiat 500 in the last month alone that's since they launched their own version of the the grant the e-grant as they call it to encourage the switch to evs launched on the anniversary the first anniversary of when the uk government withdrew all incentives for evs 12 months ago At its peak, it was £5,000 off a new vehicle and discounting for home charger installation. Comparatively, Germany, for instance, Germany still offers a €9,000 grant, that's £7,700, to stimulate EV sales. And Fiat saying since they launched their own version of the grant, well, it's it's money off a car, isn't it? But they're calling it the e-grant. It has really stimulated inquiries. The market share of EVs has increased over the years from 2019... Here in the UK, 0.9%. And then the next year, 4.4%. Next year, 7.2%. Last year, 14.4%. And so it needs to carry on growing and doubling at that rate. At the moment, UK EV sales aren't growing as quickly since those incentives were 
pulled. The zero emissions vehicle mandate will be introduced soon, and that will start, I think, with a 22% market share goal for here in the UK. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk VW's challenges, uh, some new regulation around recycling batteries, and why used EV prices are on their way down. That's good news if you're looking to buy one. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. Now, first of all, we'll talk about new EV sales in China in the first half of this year. So H1, (laughs) okay, Uh, January to June in normal person language. In the first half of the year, uh, EV sales were up 44% in China. It's now 3.75 million of them were sold, according to the China Association of Automobile Manufacturers. In June alone, EV sales were 806,000 units. That's up 35% from the same month the previous year. And so... Um, China also exported uh, a load of EVs in the first half of the year. Exports were 534,000. That was a 160% increase. I've been saying for the past five years. These Chinese cars are coming, whether you like it or not. And now, in the first half of the year, half a million Chinese EVs exported uh, as part of the 3.75 million uh, that were sold in the first half of the year. Volkswagen would love to have some good news like that. VW is experiencing a... Uh, hopefully a temporary decreasing demand for their EVs, the ID3, ID4, ID5, ID bars, etc. here in Europe. The production of the EVs at their plant in Emden is decreasing. Between January and May, uh, sources say they made 97,000 of the ID range, but sold 73,000 of them. So loads more in inventory. In comparison, Tesla, here in Europe, managed to sell over 100,000 electric vehicles locally made of the uh, the Model Y. VW is also facing competition from vehicles like the MG4. We just talk, talked about it in the France EV sales. Uh, that, as a competitor to the ID3, was registered 23,000 times in Europe uh, from January to May, just a few thousand behind the VW ID3. And that's the MG4. It's a Chinese vehicle. And, you know, it's a, you know, uh, uh, effectively a Chinese, a British brand, but Chinese these days. And the great Germans taking a bit of a kicking... I must admit, the MG4 is lovely. New extreme version of that looks even better. And uh, and the ID3 is solid. But if it was the same price as the MG4, I'd probably still have the MG4. But it's a lot more expensive. Uh, the VW ID Buzz also expected to fail on meeting its production targets because of a lower demand than anticipated. The plan was to build 44,000 ID Buzzes, uh, I think, this year, but that's going to fall short, no doubt. Now, VW EV sales in Germany specifically are also missing their targets. And in some cases, Handelsblatt reporting that some configurations of their ID models were zero last month. Some factors that VW have blamed include subsidy cuts, high inflation, high prices and competition. VW uh, clearly have some work to do here in stimulating demand. I did feel that for a while VW was on a real roll. You had Herbert Deese as a very visible uh, head of the company, you know, meeting and having his photo with Elon Musk on social media, on LinkedIn, charting his road trips, his summer holidays, talking about where he was going in his IDs talking about the problems that they had with software, how they were fixing them. Yes, they knew they, they had issues. They had to speed up production of their vehicles. Very publicly um, opening up all of their weaknesses and saying, hey, we're not as good as Tesla here in Germany and, and we need to learn, but bum. 
well, clearly the VW board didn't like that level of, of honesty, of, of humility, of saying, well, we're not as good as make, you know, of being, you know, we want to be a fast follower. We want to be the best number two behind Tesla. So they binned him off. And since then, you know, VW's made lots of noises around, you know, e-fuels and synthetic fuels. What's wrong with burning stuff? And you think, mm, I think I wonder if e- VW's lost their way with the momentum on electric uh, a little bit. Well, the sales say yes, but um, sort of anecdotally, uh, I'm hearing more and more people, just, you know, VW just seemed to be less committed or just less public uh, than when, Her- when Herbert Deese was in charge. And it all starts at the top of the company. I, it's a real shame they got hit. I really enjoyed um, the way he was dragging that company into the, the you know, the 21st century. It's, um, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens with VW. But uh, I think what well, I miss him in terms of uh, his presence in the industry and his uh, his vocal support for EVs. Okay, in Europe, the European Parliament has approved new legislation to expand EV chargers. Uh, by 2026, there must be high-power DC chargers every 60 kilometres on a main route, and that must be 400 kilowatts of power, increasing to 600 kilowatts of power by 2028. That's I think that's per site, not per charger. Uh, for trucks and buses, those charging stations go to over 120 kilometres and a power output of up to 2.8 megawatts by 2031 all of the eu member states uh, must also start looking at hydrogen technology but i think as people realize that's dead in the water that will just quietly go away the eu council has also approved new regulations around batteries and this is all to do with circular economies governing every type of battery including ev batteries and the new battery directive uh, complements existing kind of waste management stuff and it's all to do with making sure that everything is labeled correctly having battery passports a qr code and labeling from 2026 so that you know exactly where all the bits of the battery came from and how to recycle them now moving on and good news if you want to buy an ev probably terrible news if you're hoping to sell it for more than you bought it for because we went through some crazy times with EV pricing, didn't we? People were buying cars and flipping them and making money and just of supply and demand issues. But now, with Tesla's recent price cuts, a new study by IC Cars in the United States shows a 30% drop in used EV prices this year. Following some recent EV price rises, things are now on the way down. And it all, I think, all leads from Tesla's aggressive price cuts because in the US market, unlike over here and obviously in China, uh, Tesla is disproportionately bigger and it's you know, 60% plus of the market. Over here, it's, you know, if it's in double figures, it's lucky. Although the used car market is now stabilising, obviously the pandemic, etc., threw things all up in the air. Uh, Tesla continues to dominate the US market, and when they change their prices, they have a significant impact on the rest of the market. The models with the biggest price drops were the Model 3, the Model X, the Nissan Leaf, and the Model S. Now, two more stories. Let's talk a little bit about Amazon's EDVs, that is electric delivery vans made by Rivian. There's 3,000 of them on the road right now, I thought you'd like to know, and they have plans to get a hundred thousand of them on the road by 2030. In the last year, so since last summer, Amazon has deployed those vans and delivered uh, 75 million packages in the US. That's very, very cool. What a big number. Wow. Uh, the vans have great technology that helps the drivers go about their business with uh, with routing and nav, and uh, obviously electric power is much better to drive. They're going to add e-cargo bikes, e-rickshaws, and 15 models from different brands in total as part of their EV fleet at Amazon. And finally, a 
I thought I'd uh, put a little article in that I found uh, that is a look at 800 volt charging systems. Really interesting, actually, about, you know, is 800 volts better? And what does 800 volts really mean? Written uh, by Green Car Reports. And they go into 800 volt DC fast charging and how 800 volt systems uh, in the car and things like inverters and um, uh, te- and, and, and the components that run at 800 volts. They offer uh, lighter, thinner cables, better connectors, etc. Tesla doesn't do that at the moment. Audi, Porsche, Hyundai, Kia, they all do. 800 volt charging is not 800 volt architecture. They often go together though, and that just runs the car- that allows the car to run at a higher voltage. That's not charging your car at 800 volts. And that's become an issue because Tesla don't do it and everyone's going to the NAX connector. And so what will it mean? I think Tesla will sort it out because their V4 superchargers are technically able to go to 1,000 volts with 615 kilowatts of power. Can you imagine a day? It won't be, like, it won't be far away when you plug your EV in and it goes up to 615 kilowatts of power. Oh, my goodness. Um, currently, the Hyundai Ioniq 5, the uh, Ioniq 6, Audi e-tron GT, Hummer, Taycan, Lucid Air can all take advantage of 800-volt DC fast charging. That doesn't mean they're all 800 volts. Uh, cars like the Hummer run at 400 volts but can double up their pack. Uh, expected new models include the Chevy Silverado, the Sierra, GMC Sierra EV, uh, the new Kia EV9, Lucid Gravity. Even Tesla Cybertruck is rumoured to run uh, to be able to charge at 800 volts. That would make sense, what with Tesla V4s uh, uh, being able to take advantage of that. And that is your podcast for today. Thank you to everyone who supports this podcast through Patreon. It's how we fund the show. Uh, thank you to everyone on there, all the individuals, all the partners. Our premium partners get a daily mention. Uh, that's Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Big news about Hawaii being the first state to get access to that Nevi funding announcement with Aloha Charge and Tritium in partnership. That's on yesterday's podcast. Uh, Derek Riley and his brilliant EV Review Ireland YouTube channel. And I use them all the time. Octopus Electroverse. Global public charging made simple with one app and one map and lease plan electric moments. Providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.